New neighbor? Evidently. Significant improvement over the old neighbor. Where he whispered in my ear the words I'll never forget. Which roughly translated meant Heidi Hole neighbor. Oh, he's my next door neighbor. And here's the funny part he's a hitman too. Ha <laughs> ha. From the Sutton Field Studios in Salina, welcome aboard to the Road to 1385 podcast. Thank you so much for joining us as you always do. I appreciate the listens that we get, the downloads. A beautiful Tuesday evening to you wherever you are joining us, whatever you are, wherever you are listening to us, whether it's in your car, at home, on a walk around the neighborhood, maybe around the grocery store wearing your mask and you just need something to listen to to take your mind off of everything that you can't find at the grocery store. Again, a very good Tuesday evening to wherever, wherever you are listening to us. This is the Road to 1385 podcast. My name is Todd Kaufman. I am your master of ceremonies as always. And I, I think so much, really, the topic of conversation continues to be this COVID-19 and what surrounds it and the grocery stores. But I think we got a little bit of good news this past week as Governor Abbott has decided to slowly start to reopen the state of Texas. And also the governor of Florida made his announcement earlier today. I hadn't had a chance to watch it, uh, but I heard that he was uh, earlier this afternoon making his announcement. He was slowly starting to open the state of Florida, and what that means. And I was talking to somebody earlier today because my wife and I, Carrie, uh, we were supposed to or going to be celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary coming up at the end of this month, actually the 1st of May, uh, 10 years. Carrie, if you're listening, I love you, love you. You are the rock. You were the love of my life and the person who stole my heart and saved my life 12 years ago. So there's a shout-out for my wife. But we were going to go to Disney World at the end of this month, and, of course, Disney shut down, uh, and it sounded like uh, Disney Shanghai just opened. I don't know if it was this past week or the week before, uh, but certainly didn't reopen everything. Uh, I had heard that those that were going to Disney had to wear masks uh, throughout the park. But I'm curious what it means to reopen the state or reopen small businesses or reopen churches And would you be comfortable going back and doing your normal thing? Now, please understand, I'm not sitting here telling you, hey, let's the, you know, we're just, we're rocking and rolling and we're going to wait for the first Texas Rangers game and we're going to be there, COVID be damned. No, I'm not saying that. And there was a conversation on Facebook within the Sutton Fields neighborhood about, you know, whether schools reopened before the end of the, uh, 2019 2020 school year and of course we know that's not going to happen now with governor abbott's uh, announcement but there were even parents who said even if the schools reopened they would not be comfortable sending their kid back and i completely understand that i 100 percent understand that our oldest daughter hannah who is five years old is headed to kindergarten in the fall and it's been a big conversation between my wife and i whether or not she's going to be able to go or even if she's able to go should we send her how comfortable, now a lot of you have kids that are going to go back to school in the fall. How comfortable are you sending your kids back to school? How comfortable are you with putting your kids into an environment that you know full well that there are going to be a few thousand kids around at any given time, that they're going to be walking past any number of kids? Are you comfortable with sending your kids back in the fall? And if not, what does that look like? 
Now, this conversation is going to get a little more interesting here in the second segment because we are going to welcome a good friend of mine, uh, a guy that I've known for about six, seven years now, good friend, uh, a mentor of sorts. He is the uh, superintendent of Lovejoy ISD. I am speaking of Dr. Mike Goddard. And I know the last few months for him have got to be uh, understandably challenging, as it has been for all of us. But I know someone in his position has very difficult decisions coming up. Because not only do you have to look at this school year as being lost, and, and I feel bad for you seniors and the parents of those seniors, and from what I understand, at least from one uh, student I talked to over the weekend who is a senior at Arlington Martin, there is a potential that they could have a split graduation or a three-way split graduation in July, but that has not been decided. There was an email that went out to the parents and students asking if this was something that they really wanted to do. And uh, I mean, honestly, if you're asking me, I would be very surprised if there was a graduation at all. And I think I would ask the same question of the parents. Would you be comfortable going to or sending your child to a graduation ceremony? Is that something that you would be 100% comfortable with? So the reason I wanted to bring Mike on it, Outside of he and I being really good friends, and I've been on the radio with him, we've done high school football. He was the assistant superintendent for Prosper ISD, so it fits in this podcast that he has the experience for Prosper. And so not only does he know the Lovejoy side of it, he also knows how Dr. Watkins runs his ship for Prosper ISD and kind of knows the decisions that, that Dr. Watkins is probably trying to make. But the, the topic that I really wanted to talk to Mike about was the decisions coming up in the fall. What does that look like? And, and I had heard that there are some rumors floating around, not necessarily in Prosper, but all around the high schools, that now that they know they can do distance learning, the kids that don't have internet access or really cannot afford to do their learning at home and would rather be at school, they're going to give two different options. One being kids can go to school and the other's that they're going to allow parents to distant learn with their kids. Now, I don't know how that's going to work because I, I think there are more working parents than there are stay-at-home parents. I know both my wife and I are not stay-at-home parents all the time. We worked from home two days a week as it was, but the other three days we were either at an office or in the field somewhere. But I, I'm, I'm curious what Mike feels like that could happen. Could they potentially do distant learning? And could parents... And the companies they work for, could they work around that? Could they allow for that if they wanted to keep their kids home? And I think more for you stay-at-home parents, is that something that you would entertain? And I know a lot of parents who are stay-at-home are, are always on the go anyway without kids being home, going from, from this field trip to that errand to this errand to that doctor's appointment. But would you entertain distant learning and not I'm not talking about homeschool please understand that if these schools can do distant learning via online is there any reason that you wouldn't allow your child to do it if they are actually succeeding doing it are they keeping their focus so I'm curious how the next few months are going to go for guys like Mike Goddard and guys like Drew Watkins and other ISDs around Dallas Fort Worth and what decisions are coming in the next few months because I think this definitely puts in doubt that the schools have to understand that coming off a pandemic like this, that not all parents are going to be comfortable sending their kids back to school. And they have to understand that. They can't force kids to come back to school after something like this. They can't all of a sudden 
issue a referendum that says, yeah, we had a pandemic, but your kids have to come back to school. Because if they're doing distance learning and you have stay-at-home parents, why not offer the ability to do that? Now, if there are kids who are just staying at home and they're not actually doing the work and they're not doing the classwork and they're not doing the tests, then okay, they're, they're, you know, they're using it to, um, I shouldn't say to their advantage, but a disadvantage to the schools and they're just kind of using it to stay away from school and not really do anything. So I, I think there's a, a double-edged sword here, whether or not they can quote-unquote police it. You know, for the kids not actually doing the work can they force those kids that they, hey, they have to come back into school? Is there a certain line that you draw on the sand that says either you stay at a certain grade point average or you, as long as you consistently turn in your work and you stay above a certain grade, we're going to allow you to, to keep your student at home and distant learn. But also for the, for the, the students, I'm curious that with you parents, have you struggled with that? Have you struggled with your kids doing the schoolwork at home? Have the students struggled? Are, are they keeping their attention? Are they able to do the work? Are they able to keep their focus? Are they able to do so consistently? So I think there are a lot of questions that still have to be answered, and I'm looking forward to talking to Mike Goddard about this and, and kind of what the last few months have been like for him and how disappointed he was. And I, I texted him, um, it, was probably, it was probably two or three weeks now, uh, Mike started to do YouTube videos, uh, and for those of you that don't know Mike, you're talking about one of the best guys that you'll ever get to know. Um, his personality is out of this world, um, always wears the, the Mickey Mouse hands, dresses sometimes crazy just to make people laugh, and he's just his mentality and his personality and his ability to um, to reach different people of different ages is just is outstanding. And he's a guy I loved being around. I miss him like crazy, but I just, I had texted him a couple of weeks ago, but because for the first time he looked defeated, I've never seen Mike. There was just nothing that could beat this guy. There was nothing that could put him in a bad mood. And for the first time, and I texted Mike, I said, I think this is the first time that I've actually seen you look tired and defeated and, because there was really nothing that he can do. This was completely out of his control. And you have to say that for him and for Dr. Watkins and the rest of the superintendent and staff throughout every school district around the country. This isn't just Dallas-Fort Worth that they were talking about. And I also feel bad for you teachers. Maybe some of you have enjoyed the time away from the school, but others are wondering if you're going to be able to go back in the fall and what does that look like as far as your job security or even having a job at all? And I think the other side of it is if a lot of these kids do distant learning going into the fall, what does that mean for your job? If you already have you know, a classroom size that's not very big, what does that mean if you go down even less than that because kids are doing their learning online? So I'm, I'm really very curious to answer those questions, and I'm looking forward to talking to Mike. But there's a couple other things that, that I want to mention before uh, we take a break and, and get uh, – Mr. Goddard on the line, is how each and every one of you is handling what is going on. Are you excited that things are going to start to um, not necessarily normalize, but start to reopen? Because I know for me, and being very, very transparent, as I like to be, because there's no reason for me, you know, I like to reach people being transparent, because they, so oftentimes we go through the same things. 
but I miss the friends that I have that we don't get to hang out with. I know when my wife celebrated her 40th birthday a few weeks ago, one of her friends drove all the way out from, uh, from Trophy Club to bring her flowers and a little uh, nothing bunt cake and some wine. And, you know, Carrie couldn't give her a hug because of everything that was going on. And then she drove home. And while I love the effort, I think it's a struggle for those of us who love that connection, who love that closeness with our friends, to not being, not being able to do that. And I think that's so incredibly hard. And for me, it's the same thing. I love sitting and having a conversation with the friends we have in our neighborhood, sitting on our, our front porch or sitting on our driveway and just having great conversations, especially this time of year as the nighttime start to warm up. I love being able to sit and have conversations. And to not have that, to go from, uh, and luckily our, our kids' daycares are still open, and so we're, we're able to take them every day so my wife and I can focus on our work. But to go from home to school to home again to bedtime and rinse and repeat, it's been incredibly difficult for me because I, I'm so um, friend-centric. I, I love just being around people. I love that connection. And to not have that has been a, a very, very big struggle for me. So I'm wondering how you're doing with it. I'm wondering how you're handling it. Has it been a really str- has it been a bigger struggle for you than you thought? Or has this time and for us, I, I think again, it's there's two sides to this. Carrie and I were always on the go. Our family was always on the go. Every weekend we had something going on, a birthday party, an event, a family event, a get together, whatever it was. And we always used to talk about God, we just want that one weekend where we can just relax. We want that one weekend where we can just be a family. How many of us have said that? And now that we have that, we're going, crap, I, I don't want that many. I, I, I want to get back to some normalcy. You know, I, I think there's, there's, we have, we're getting what we wanted, but now we got too much of it. Now we're wanting to go back to the way it was. But what I also don't want people doing is revving their engines and going 500 miles an hour and forgetting this time that we had with our family, this slowdown. And I hope you keep that in the front of your mind and you start to put that into your everyday routine or at least every weekend routine. Find that one weekend where it's just family time, that nobody else gets your time but them. And I think that's incredibly important. On the other side of the break, Dr. Mike Goddard, Superintendent of Lovejoy ISD, will be joining us. Stay with us. This is the Road to 1385 podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Road to 1385 podcast. Glad you joined us here on a Tuesday evening. I am very glad to welcome a good friend of mine, a mentor of sorts, a guy that I haven't had a chance to be on radio with in probably five or six years. He is the superintendent of Lovejoy ISD. Let me welcome a good friend of mine, Dr. Mike Goddard. Mike, it is good to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. I felt like we were the dynamic duo when we had a chance to I do our time together, you know, and that sounded like it was prison time, but that wasn't it. I mean, we did our radio time for sure, but uh, it's awesome. It's glad to be back with you, man. It is good to see your face. Well, Mike, let's let's start here. The last three or four months, describe for me how this has gone for you both personally and professionally, because, you know, this isn't something that we've ever dealt with before. So from your perspective in handling an entire school district, did you take it one day at a time, or is this just something you fly by the seat of your pants and hope you get it right? Well, I can tell you, you're never taught this in any, uh, you know, uh, certification course or uh, anything. Your pandemic wasn't chapter 10. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, 
Uh, you know, not to make light of it by any means, because there's certainly, that's the piece of it. You're trying to keep people safe and secure. You know, you talk about even three months ago, we wouldn't have seen this coming. We, we, you know, we prepared for lots of emergency situations, but not a shutdown like what we've had. Um, I would say that early on when we first, right around spring break time, we were getting, where it really hit me is we had a few trips that were going to go overseas during spring break to Italy and um, uh, Spain. And I was starting to get some intel around the, how it was going to be unsafe. So I had to cancel those trips just in case. And I'm really glad I did because they would have been stuck over there for a while. And then it just almost turned overnight where the colleges were canceling for, uh, you know, some time. And then at that moment, we were, uh, it was a bit of sense of anxiety at a high level because you're trying to recreate uh, an educational world in a, in a virtual world. And so you, uh, just like what y'all are doing on, you know, your business side and different, many people are doing is, how do you do business in a different way, in a different uh, uh, process, use it as an opportunity rather than uh, an anchor. And so uh, it is, there's lots of silver linings that's happened within there. Uh, you know, I've indicated at the level I have with all the local superintendents, uh, certainly within our DFW area and then statewide, our education commissioner has been phenomenal. We had daily calls on, uh, for about three or four weeks there, keeping us informed and then really having a chance to connect with the governor and uh, keep in tune with him and our local health, health officials. There's been, they've handled it phenomenally as best they could, but really for us, just from a stepping back from a leadership standpoint, at first it was triage, like you had to handle it at a level, almost like an emergency, and now it's rehab. And we're trying to get back to where uh, we're, certainly have some educational things happening at our at-home learning process, but it's a, uh, it's been a day-to-day -day thing because still now we're worried about some finance things and some things that are looming in that regards. And uh, there's still some uh, big hurdles for us to jump over for sure. This is Dr. Mike Goddard. He is the superintendent of Lovejoy ISD joining us here at the Road to 1385 podcast. Mike, I think the question on my mind and I think on a lot of people's mind was the first time in not homeschooling, but distance learning. I think it's a brand new thing for a lot of school districts around DFW and around the yeah. country how do you how has that been for you guys and and do you learn something going into the next uh next school year into the fall how has that been for you guys well i think if I, if we were all being honest with uh each other as far as on the educational side i think uh we it exposed a weakness in where we were right now which was in preparation for a virtual learning opportunity we had to almost overnight uh with many, many, many hours working on the curricular side, the tech side, systems analyst side of being able to create an at-home learning uh, environment. And then on top of that, you couldn't recreate a normal school day. You had to create a manageable school day because then you had people who weren't necessarily trained to do the educational piece of it, whether parents or those pieces, who were also struggling with some issues of whether or not they could go to work or they were trying to get their work done. So there's this balance that you had to also create uh, for kids and parents so that it was manageable. And so I think there were some districts that jumped out and gave, you know, 60 assignments in the week one. And people were like, we can't do this. And they just were like, no, no, no. And there was others uh, that we really kind of, for example, on ours, we just were rolling out slowly uh, of getting people in tune. You know, Todd, one of the things that happened is you recognize that 
you assume that everybody has a device at home, right? And there may be one computer or there might be a phone or those pieces, but if a, if a home has three or four children and you're asking all three or four children to be on a device at the same time, that's why you find like Dallas ISD had to buy, you know, thousands and thousands of Chromebooks uh, in order to have devices. Then on top of that, you had to find connectivity. And in the world that we're in today, you would anticipate that everybody has some form of Wi-Fi connectivity, but it's not true. And so we even, there's districts around the area that had to put Wi-Fi uh, on buses, hotspots on buses and park them in certain neighborhoods so that kids could come uh, you know, in certain areas and be able to connect into Wi-Fi so they can do their assignments. Uh, it became pretty crazy because one of the things we found out as well is schools were a lot more than just places of learning. It became a place where many kids, they, that's the only place they ate. And so you had to provide meals for them. You had to be able to provide learning for them. And then for many of them, it was the only safe haven they had for their, um, for their lives. And so um, there was a lot of dynamics that we had to work through and we're still working through even now since the recent announcement with the, the governor of Texas uh, announcing that schools closed the rest of the year. And that's even from an emotional standpoint created uh, an opportunity for us to work with a lot of kids. How difficult, Mike, has this been over the last two, three, four months for you personally and put the professional side aside and, and even though you know the school isn't open you are and I you and I texted a couple of weeks ago and I said I think this is the first time I've seen you look beaten I've never in the t- yeah. in the years that I've known you have ever seen that look on your face but how difficult has this been for you personally over the last few months well the problem for me and you know this so don't agree with it and saying amen but you know I'm not an extrovert I'm an extra vert <laughs> right so with an a so I like people. I like being around people. So that already hurts my spirit anyways, because, you know, I'm hugging on Brock and Dina and them way too much every day. And they're tired of that business. But, uh, you know, that that part of it's hard for me because I have to I have to try to connect no matter how many Zooms I do a day. It's still not me getting to hug Todd's neck. You know, I'd love to do that right now, but I can't. I got to see it, you know, uh, in spite of your San Diego shirt. But, <laughs> uh, you know, for me uh, personally, it's uh it's been taxing brother i'll be honest it has been exhausting because uh you try not to you surround yourself with good people and to get exposed in adversity really what's the core of your leader you know who you are as a leader when you're when you're squeezed or you're in an adverse situation you can't fake it you can't you know have a rah-rah speech you can't have you can have all the charisma in the world but you got to make some hard decisions uh, that way heavily. So, you know, a lot of those decisions were around, I had to cancel prom, I had to cancel senior walks, I had to, you know, we were, you know, AP testing, all those pieces that we were working through, that 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 weighs heavy on you because that, you know, that's the one shot for that kid. You know, I, I, I knew baseball, softball, those kind of things were going to be canceled most likely. And those kids will never get a chance like that ever again. And so, um, that's that weighs heavily on you. You try not to carry it too much. It's you know you knew me well enough to kind of call me out on it. And I told you that day, yeah, dude, I'm tired. Uh, but uh, it, you try to stay up and positive and upbeat. But those who know me well, uh, you know they uh, they check on me because they know that I'm doing 15, 16 zooms a day and uh, you know uh, talking to lots of people, trying to encourage those. One of the things that uh, I've certainly recognized is uh, you've got to be able to fill your own tank so that you can fill others. Uh, and that part of it has, um, 
Uh, I haven't been great at it, but I'm getting better. Uh, I mean, if I just can't wait till I can hug people's necks again, I could be in trouble. I may be the bear hug king <laughs> when this thing's all over. <laughs> oh, that's why I love you, Mike. This is Dr. Mike Goddard. He is the superintendent of Lovejoy ISD. Mike, let's go back to the distant learning because this is one of the things that I talked about in the very first segment. And I'm curious, and, and you know, Dr. Drew Watkins, you guys work together at Prosper ISD. That's how you and I you know got to know each other. But not to speak for them, but to speak for your own uh, going forward, your own staff going forward and your own teachers, is the distance learning something that you guys can carry into the next school year, even if school does return? Is it something that you guys look at and say, we can make this work and maybe we can have kids at school and distance learning at the same time? We can, but I, I think it'd be hard to sustain it for a longer time than another semester or those pieces. The, the advantageous piece of it happening right now later in the spring is you had a chance to already relationships with your classes. You already knew the nuances of kids and potential their strengths and weaknesses. So that dynamic of as an, as an educator, you started working through out of the subject level, you already had built. The challenge with it's gonna be in the fall, you can get the content, but you can't get the connection piece of it. And so that's the part that's gonna be a little bit challenging for us is when uh, you're gonna have to meet a brand new set of kids for the first time and then and try to connect with them virtually um, and then teach the content we'll have some time early in the first part of the semester where we're going to have to do some an assessment a pre-assessment to make sure that they didn't miss out on too much of the content from the year prior so you've got a scope and sequence issue that you're going to have to address um, from a curricular standpoint to make sure you fill in any gaps that kids may have had from a lag because something that's happening, Todd, that most people don't recognize is you wish that every single kid was just in, engaged and uh, enthralled in the fact they get to do online learning. But the, the true um, the truth of the matter is, is you've got several kids who haven't even logged on once since we've been out. Uh, we don't have a ton in Lovejoy, but we've got a few. I know that I've talked to other local districts and they've got some kids that are just, uh, their parents and them are refusing to be a part of anything that's an online learning process. So you've got most of the time when that ends up happening, it's already some kids with some gaps in their learning. Uh, and so those gaps are gonna become much more significant if they've had almost five months now before they get back in the school process. Going through the summer, Mike, as you head towards the fall, and I know you've only got a, a month or month and a half or so before this school year officially ends, whatever that looks like. But what does it look like for you and your staff as you head towards the fall? Because as you and I both know, and I'm sure that you guys have had this conversation, how comfortable will parents be sending their kids back to school? Because that, let's, this isn't just the flu that's going around. This is something we've never seen before. This is something that's very, very contagious. How do you guys handle the possibility of parents not wanting to send their kids back in the fall? Well, yeah. You've hit it exactly uh, what we're having conversations around. What if you have 50% of your kids present in a classroom and then you've got to instruct the other 50% online. And so you're preparing for those both worlds. Ideally, you know, thing, and I believe in, I know you're a praying guy as well, but you know, if, if everything's fine and learn, that's great. But the, that is, is there may be a version of that, that we're having to prepare for, um, still social distancing at some level. We were talking today of what if we're not able to bus kids because of the close uh, location of kids or if we have to do one to a seat. 
you then you're going to start altering school times. You're going to start altering uh, bus uh, times and those pieces. Um, so we're looking through every scenario. It's almost like reading the defense when you're playing quarterback. You got to figure out every possible scenario of what may come at you and be ready for that with a, with a play call. Uh, and that's where we're. That's maybe probably what's exhausting me a little bit more, even too, is that the what ifs have now uh, accentuated by a million because we, we never would have had pandemic as one of our what ifs. Uh, and now we're, you know, we're looking to order, uh, you know, not take away from the healthcare industry right now, but looking at, can we put an order in for masks or uh, no touch thermometers or uh, additional hand sanitizer? All that's on back order, Todd. Like we can't even, even if we put our name on the list now, they're telling us we wouldn't even get that stuff potentially September. So you start thinking about that. If I'm doing that as a school district, think about how many businesses are doing that and all those pieces, because it has implications. So thinking is even if at that point we will probably probably be primarily online but um you know you're getting into what if we have a football season but then no fans can come so then you're talking about making sure you're having uh, uh some kind of experience for everybody who can watch the game or do different things and then even then players who are playing you've got to make sure they're all healthy uh and you know doing temperature and all kinds of things for that so it makes my head spin. I'll be honest with you, Todd, because that's the part of it that is I'm just praying for a miracle as we move forward, because right now we're dealing with the, the just trying to get out of a triage and make sure we're having some form of online learning. But then it really has to step up in a different level in the fall. Mike, I, I let's talk about the, the sports aspect, because I think that's a big topic as well. And I've got a friend of mine who's a, a sports radio host down in San Diego, and it, it's funny to hear them talking about dry rub and barbecue and, and because there are no sports to talk about, but there was a point that he brought up with college sports. And, I, and I'm curious from a high school, high school perspective. And he was talking about if college football never does get going, the financial implications could be that some of these universities will not be able to financially keep some of these other athletic programs. So I ask you from a high school perspective, is that something that is, could be a legitimate conversation that if no high school football takes place in the fall, let's say not from a standpoint of the CDC saying we just can't do this right now. We're still social distancing through the end of the year. And I know we're playing hypothetical, but is there a yeah. financial implication that you guys are talking about that is, if this doesn't happen, what is the, the financial fallout from that? Yeah, I think because most high schools, most, not all, but most are not as reliant on gate receipts uh, to, provide the basic budget funding for uh, their sports, I think they'll still be okay. Now, what you're gonna miss out on is you're not gonna see four or five uniform uh, variations from some of those teams that were relying on that gate receipt, or you know, you may not have 14 coaches, football coaches this year, you may have 10. You may, you know, so there may be versions of that to where you're not able to have as many uh, coaches or maybe not as many, uh, programmatic things like uh, multiple uniforms or helmets you may be down to the basics when we get down to finally being able to play because a lot of those gate receipts and those pieces are working with the people working the games and then anything of that is going into the program piece of it but from a college standpoint i can tell you that they are revenue driver is your revenue driver um for example the piece for us like we're, we're going to lose uh, a lot of local revenue this spring because we had some fundraisers that were going to support some of our budget stuff just from a district standpoint 
I, I use this as an analogy. For our district and our board's been kind enough to uh, continue to pay our, for, our food service folks, but I'm bringing zero revenue in on sale of food. So you have to look at say, how sustainable is that model? Because right now that's fine, but if I'm gonna have to do that for another year, uh, really that's, that's gonna be a hard decision kind of moving forward. And I think that's the same kind of thing. I think you saw today, you see Boise State furloughed their coaching staff today. Um, and that may have other political things that are kind of going on, or maybe an AD using that to an advantage or something. But it's still, I think you're going to see some of those pieces of uh, colleges, especially the smaller colleges, uh, and particularly the private ones, are going to really begin to see uh, some significant impact on them programmatically. This is Dr. Mike Goddard. He is the superintendent of Lovejoy ISD. Mike, what is the, the biggest concern from parents that you're getting right now, it, not from the senior aspect, from the but from the students that will be seniors going into the fall, what's their biggest concern and how do you kind of, and I know you probably can't 100% quelch those fears, but what are you telling the students, what are you telling the parents of those students as you head towards the fall about what might happen going forward? Well, we're preparing for, we're preparing for anything. We're going to try to replicate the best we can, whatever experiences they may have. But what we won't compromise is their safety because we can capture some things back over time, potentially. Uh, but what we can't capture back is somebody gets sick and passes away like we've seen so many. Uh, and that part of it is, I think they understand and resonate. What we're starting to see and really um, the reality is that our uh, parents that are now, um, that's kind of challenging as well. Um, and, and working with them. So they're more worried on those aspects. Um, and we're, we're just trying to respite, a place where we work with a lot of different uh, agencies to be able to make sure those who have need food have food. Those, we're serving, we're a small percentage of our district, but I know McKinney, Prosper, all the surrounding areas are serving a lot of people and their needs. And right now make sure it's almost, make sure all those Maslow hierarchy of needs are met before we go to Bloom's taxonomy and talk about the learning process. So um, it's hard to um, ease those fears. It's like you said, you can't give a whole lot of 100% assurances um, because I don't know either. And that's the part that I'm also transparent with folks is I don't know, I, I shared with them on Friday, I knew that would cancellation was coming, but boy, I was disappointed when it finally came out for real and it was a gut punch and I had to, you know, almost regroup myself for a couple of hours before I could even talk to anybody else. Cause I was, uh, you know, that's missing out on a lot of things. Cause I knew the UIL was going to cancel everything at that point. And, uh, it does, uh, just stinks, but what, what a resilient group of people are, is this generation going to be because of the things they've gone through? You know, this is a generation that just came through at the beginning of their lives, nine 11. And all of a sudden now they're coming through a pandemic that none of us have ever experienced before. And, I had talked to a lot of our seniors and say, you're going to be the most resilient group of young men and women that's ever been alive as you kind of walk through the things that you're having an opportunity. And this is, there's some great things that have come from situations like this. Um, and to kind of paint the picture for them of, you know, uh, there's some incredible inventions, incredible companies, incredible things that have come from adverse situations just like this. And so pointing towards that positive really then uh, wallowing in the things that we can't have. Mike, final question for me is, centered around the graduations that may or may not happen around the Metroplex. And I'm certainly not going to ask you to, to 
talk about what might happen across the country, but the feeling from other school districts, from whether it's yours, whether it's, uh, you know, Salina or Prosper or just school districts around you, what is the decision that you guys are trying to make, whether you make the decision to do graduations or choose not to? And the reason I ask is I, I had heard that Arlington Martin was perhaps going to do a three-way split, or at least there was an email that had gone out asking if this was something they would entertain. But from your standpoint, what's the decision to be made and, and kind of what are you guys wrestling over right now in terms of that? Yeah, so what I would say that you look at it from what is what's most important ceremony ceremony itself is it the gathering itself is it the pomp and circumstance i mean you you kind of go what's most important to the kids and can we replicate something to gather together maybe in the may time frame when we had it all scheduled and then do you want to do something later in the summer that may be more of a traditional as we have a little bit more social distancing kind of uh, uh not quite as intense and so you know, I think most of us are looking for how do we create something around that end of May time frame that everybody else would have? What does that look like? I can tell you almost all seniors don't want a virtual, uh, but the, for, for some of them, for example, lots of those larger districts, let's say Allen, you got a thousand plus graduates, you're going to have to do something like that because you can't, there's no way, you know, we're, we're, we're 300 plus, we can do that kind of thing where we're, we're looking at, Todd, it's going to be kind of cool. We, we're looking at almost a drive-in movie kind of look where we've got them in their cars and decorating their cars and they've got spots, designated spots. And when we call their name up, they're going to drive by the stage and, you know, something that will still be memorable and then parade throughout the um, community. So still trying to create the memorable pieces of it. Um, it's like, I, you know, my son's a senior at, in college at, at Oklahoma and his graduation got canceled altogether. They, they haven't even really said there's going to be a virtual piece of it. So what we, he and I talk about is how do we still create some memories and so we went up this weekend and got his stuff out of his apartment, but we went onto that empty campus and took some of the most amazing pictures on an empty campus. And I've shared, and they were, they were awesome. You never would have had a chance to do that, but I've shared that with some of our senior parents from high school is use that as an advantage that, you know, still embrace this time together. You would typically seniors are checked out and they have spring fever and, but now they're at home with you and you have a chance to love on them, engage with them before they take off. And so, trying to create some memory times as even as those graduations occur and those other senior activities still uh, moving forward. Mike, final thing that I want to give, uh, and I want to give you the floor for a couple minutes to do this because I, I love the kind of encourager that you are and given the, the position that you're in, especially as a superintendent, the, the kids who are seniors who are finishing up this year and may or may not have a graduation. And, and let's not necessarily talk about college, but let's talk about high school since that's the, that's the position you're in to give you the floor for a couple minutes for those students who are struggling with coming to terms with this, what would you tell them as they finish up the last month and a half? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you control what you can control and the other things, if you fret and worry about it, you're creating an anchor. And the piece that I, this situation is, is you use it as an anchor or something that holds you back. And you look at all the negative things that have occurred or you've missed because of that. And it weighs you down and doesn't allow you to progress. So you could use it as an anchor to, to keep you in place, or you can use it as a sail, use the, you know, the wind uh, to your advantage. And I, I use the wind and say that that's uh, one of those things that when you look at a strong, tall tree that is been hundreds and hundreds of years old, what you don't see is all the roots that are below that have been created because of the wind that's been, uh, the storms that have happened over that time. 
to create that tree's opportunity to grow tall. And I really just encourage seniors to do that same thing. This is one of those adverse situations where the wind's blowing, storming, thunder, lightning, and uh, something that we never saw coming. Um, you know, people say it's unprecedented all the time. You know, they're going to get sick of that word. But this is something they didn't see coming. So you got to choose to either anchor down or sail up. And I would hope that every senior that has a chance to do this uses to sail up and become stronger, learn new uh, opportunities for them to learn new habits, uh, create new habits, new in, uh, ideas that they have, be creative, um, grow stronger in their art or in what they do as a performance and uh, use this opportunity to grow forward rather than to sit back and wail in it. Mike, it's been good to catch up with you. I appreciate you taking some time uh, to come on the podcast and, and talk about what you've been through. Uh, I wish you the, the best over the next couple of months. I know this is going to be a very difficult summer of decisions for you guys. Uh, but know that, uh, Carrie and I love you. We miss you, brother. And uh, we are definitely praying for you guys, whatever whatever comes next for, for Love, Joy, and Beyond. Man, I appreciate it. Love you, Todd. And I appreciate your heart. You've always had a, a wonderful spirit about you. And thanks for even doing this podcast with folks. And I hope it's an encouragement to folks as well. But I hope I wish you blessings ahead, bud. I appreciate it. Mike Goddard, he is the superintendent for Lovejoy ISD. Man, I, I love Mike. I, I just I can't say enough good things about him. Um, he is a very, very good friend of mine. He is a mentor of sorts. He's a guy that, uh, to tell you a quick story before we, uh, we finish up for the night, uh, I was doing the, the radio for Prosper Football, and the guy I normally did it with for some reason couldn't make it or he was sick. I can't remember the, the exact situation. And I'll never forget, it was at Highland Park. Prosper was, was playing against Highland Park, and, and I knew that they were going to get run. I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was just the first time that I, I could really walk into a stadium and go, yeah, this is not going to be a whole lot of fun. And Prosper just wasn't very good that year. And that was the first time I met Mike. He walks in. We sit down, and it was like we didn't skip a beat. It was like Mike and I had been working together for a couple of years already. And I just – he has the biggest heart. He's the biggest encourager. Um, he is absolutely the best man for the job at Lovejoy. He is going to go – trust me when I tell you, he is going to go a long way, whether it's Lovejoy or beyond. He is – you know, he's one of those guys that you just – is infectious to be around. But uh, I appreciate it. That was Dr. Mike Goddard. He is the superintendent of Lovejoy ISD. That was a lot of good information talking about the distant learning uh, athletics uh, going into next school year. I really hope that you, in, you enjoyed that interview. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap up the podcast again. I really appreciate you joining us. I hope that you're enjoying this. I hope you continue to listen. We'll take a break on the other side. We'll finish up the podcast. We'll say goodnight, and we'll look forward to what comes next. This is the Road to 1385 podcast. Welcome back to the Road to 1385 podcast. Todd Kaufman back here with you on a Tuesday evening. Again, my thanks to Dr. Mike Goddard, Superintendent of Lovejoy ISD. Uh, he was the former uh, assistant superintendent under Drew Watkins in Prosper. Uh, did a lot of great things. Went to Red Oak for a few years now at Lovejoy. Uh, he is just, again, I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, he and I grew very, very close. Uh, my family loves him. We just adore him. The kids love him. Uh, so hopefully we get a chance to catch up with him and his beautiful wife, Dina, sometime this summer, if he can ever come up for error. Uh, but I, I do feel for him. I feel for Dr. Watkins. I feel for the, the superintendents, the teachers, the staff, the parents, the students. I mean, this is just something that, as Mike said, it's unprecedented. We've never been through something like this before. So to sit here and say 
you know, we're going to go back to normal in a few months. Look at, you know, Governor Abbott is reopening the state. The economy is going to jump again, and, and we're going to just going to take off. It's just not going to happen that way. And Mike and I talked about what, what happens when parents won't send their kids back to school because they're still afraid of this. They're still living in fear. You're going to have those people. You're going to have people still living in fear four months from now. That's just the way it is. And Carrie and I, my wife, have had the conversation, what do we do with Hannah when she starts kindergarten? Do we feel comfortable enough sending her to school for, you know, she starts, she's at Primrose now, and we're sending her to Winsong. Do we have enough trust in what is happening around us to send her to school, to send her to kindergarten, to start her, you know, real elementary school life? And I think that's the difficult decision, and I think all of us have to make it. All of you who have kids in school right now who are doing the distance learning, all of us have to make this decision. And I'm certainly not going to judge any of you for any decision that you make, whether it's to trust and send your kids to school or whether it's to do the distance learning, if in fact that's still available to you in the fall. I'm not going to judge that because you're making a decision that you feel is best for your child. There's no one that can judge that. But to you parents of seniors, I, I, I can't, my heart, reach, I, I mean, my heart breaks for you. It, it truly does. Because you watch your, your child, their, their last year as an adult, this was supposed to be the, the finality of their high school years. This was supposed to be a celebration. And what are they getting to celebrate? They can't be with friends. Spring break, for the most part, was canceled outside of a, a couple of, of weeks here or there, right before this all shut everything off. You have senior trips, you have, you know, college visits that some may have not been able to take before this all started. There's so much that they've had to mentally and, and physically and emotionally deal with. And to watch your child go through that, what's supposed to be an amazing, incredible, surprising, celebratory year has ended in disaster. And maybe not. Maybe most of you would say this isn't ending in disaster. What happens is supposed to happen. But there has to be a part of you as a parent that says, I want to be able to give my child that experience, that senior year experience that I got, that senior, maybe they're looking at an older sibling that got that experience and is in college or graduated from college and got those two experiences. And now you're looking at it going, he got that stolen or she got that stolen from them. Athletics, prom, and graduation, the three things that a lot of seniors looked forward to. And those three things, as they end their high school career, they're not going to be able to have. I cannot imagine what that's like. That is very, very difficult, but I pray, I do, I pray over your seniors who are going into your college years, I pray, as Mike said, I pray that this is that you use this as a sale and this wind and this this storm that has been around you, you allow that that wind to push that sail and push you off to new heights. I pray that you use this as a stepping stone, that you don't let this drag you down, that you let this carry you to a new future and a new day. I hope that's every day for you, and I pray over you every single day that that you do not let this pull you down. I pray that you use this as a stepping stone and you let it carry you into whatever is next. Whether you have a graduation or whether you don't, 
that you go off to college and you make it the best four years that you have, or maybe eight years. Some of you might be going to medical school and it's eight years. Whatever is next for you, I pray that it's great. I pray that you're bold. I pray that you step up. I pray that the leadership even comes further out of you because you let this move you and make you stronger. And even though you didn't get to experience some of these things as you closed out your high school career, you have a new future in front of you. All things are made new every day. God's blessings are new every day. So I hope that you carry that with you, parents. I hope you carry that with you. I hope that you spend each and every day as they close out their high school career, I hope and I pray that you spend every day encouraging them. That you don't let them wallow in their self-pity, but you lift them up. You pray over them. You encourage them because that will pull that leadership and that strength out of them even more every day if they continue to hear that. And I hope that you have friends and family that do the same. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you listening each and every time we do this. This is the Road to 1385 podcast for myself, Todd Kaufman, for Dr. Mike Goddard. Have a great evening, everybody. We will catch you on the flip side. So long. 